98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Weekly Blast. The Cardinals hit the Triple K trifecta of failure on Sunday, which is to say you can blame this loss on Kyler, Kingsbury, and Kime. Three strikes and we are out. You blame Murray for his lack of situational awareness, for sliding for safety before the first down marker late in the game. You blame Kingsbury for his staggering inability to manage late game clock scenarios, and you blame Kime for signing a kicker who can't kick straight and who has now failed two teams in the first five weeks of the season. Now, there was plenty of blame to go around. There was plenty of good, good too, from the competitive spirit to their overachieving defense, but it's really hard to feel good about another slow start, a fifth first quarter without a point on the board, and an ending that was another bad look on the entire operation. Now, after the game, Kingsbury spent a lot of time talking with two of his leaders on offense, Justin Pugh and Calvin Beecham. And then Pugh staged a theatrical defense of a kicker who will likely be cut today. And then Murray spent a lot of time alone in his locker showing up to the post-game interview room in full uniform over an hour after the game was over. You wonder what it all means and what exactly Murray is trying to process. But either way, in the end, the Cardinals have now won just 10 of their last 35 home games. Consider this. They were 18-22 and 22 in their last five seasons at Sun Devil Stadium, which was once considered to be the team's biggest hurdle. Alas, you cannot blame this streak on aluminum bleachers. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable with two great locations and one great experience. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Yeah, I mean, I don't have an explanation, but like I said along, and to me, we've lost three this season. I know what it is overall, but each year is different, and, and we got to find a way to, to win at home. Um, we play really good on the road for a reason we haven't got it done here. 10 and 25 in their last 35 home games. They're 10 24 and 1 oh in their my. last 35 yeah. home oh, games. Oh, sorry. Only 20. <laughs> yeah, 10 24 and 1. That tie isn't a victory, so it's oh, 10 of their last 35. I reacted home games. viscerally to that, too, when he said yeah. that. Holy 10 of 35, crap. Man. I know. That's how bad it's been. It's how bad it's been. And th- this team, you know, through the guts of that game, they fought. They fought through a crowd that was pro-Eagles. It could have been a lot worse, and they gave themselves a chance to win, and yet that ending seemed to expose more issues with this football team. Start with Kyler Murray, real briefly. Here's the takeaway from Kyler Murray, because he, I do believe, is at a crossroads here. He's gotten paid, and yet the the reluctance to run is clearly holding him back. Because the Cardinals' sense of urgency on offense only shows up when they're desperate. When he's when he just knows I gotta do something with this football. They've got to capture that and recreate that throughout the course of games. He's going to have to run the football to be special. Because if he doesn't, he's just another mediocre quarterback. Look, I asked a question. Like if if Kyler Murray let's let's go back to twenty nineteen. The Cardinals have the number one overall pick. The reason why they were salivating over Kyler Murray was because, and we, we, I could look for it. I could find the quote, the soundbite. Steve Kime saying, yeah, there's guys that can run like that. There's guys that can throw like that, but nobody that can run and throw like that. That's right. Remember? That's right. I do, I do remember. If I do Kyler remember. Murray didn't have running ability, you know what? 
he'd be wearing an Oakland A's uniform That's right now. That's a great point, Vinny. For as good a passer he is. Well, here's the other thing about this. I was watching the uh, the game last night, the Bengals-Ravens game. They put a graphic up on the screen, and it showed the best quarterbacks in football all happened to have the fastest releases. We're talking Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Kyler Murray is not uh, – Tom Brady was is a tick down. Kyler Murray isn't anywhere near the top of that list. And so it, it just – it's an indicator that Kyler Murray, even though he is – I think has very good arm talent, he doesn't have the transcendent release that all great quarterbacks have, which is to say he – his ability as a pure pocket passer might have a ceiling, not to mention seeing the middle of the field, which is still kind of the jury's out on that. So, yes. So I think this is the crossroads. I think when he's in his uniform an hour after the game, you what's happening there? What 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 is going through that young man's mind that has got him in that place for an hour? OK, you guys joked earlier that he didn't want to wear that lime green suit to the post-game interview room after a loss after right yeah <laughs> um uh, to me this they're gonna have to get to him or he's gonna have to realize this has to be part of the game and again self-preservation is all well and good we don't want a backup quarterback playing in arizona but if you want this offense to roll this is gonna have to be part of the deal yeah because it's the only thing that makes him spe- not the only thing that makes him special it's what big it's, part yeah it's what's really separated him and so there's that and then there's this this idea of of playing uh, managing the clock properly in these late end game situations you think about all the things that could have done could have been done after he didn't get the first down, and there were a couple of different options, but most traditional head coaches know that running quick sideline outs with your wide receivers is the way to go. Because the defense is not going to want to give up a touchdown. They're not playing. They're not playing press man no, at the line of scrimmage, pushing you towards the, the side the, the sidelines without a doubt. Yeah, they do not. The last thing a defense wants in that situation is to get beat over the top. Game over. Touchdown. You lose. So they give you. Nobody is playing press man at that point in time. So these quick outs are right there for you. So you realize, holy crap, we don't have a first down. It should be second nature to. Get into his ear and call that play. If they would have clocked the ball, if it was a first down and they would have clocked the ball, the next play would have been a, a pass to the sideline. Well, honestly, like speaking, that would have been the next play anyway. Right. Cliff Kingsbury took. He said the Kyler run was a coach call, not a not a player call. In that instance, with the way it shook out, let's be honest, that's a ridiculous play call. Even though it got nine yards, that's a good point. Yeah, it really is. It's a cop out. Yeah, yeah. Even if you get the first down and he stays in bounds, you're still scrambling time-wise. And right. you're probably not getting much more yardage than you got. the fact that they keep going to those plays in the desperate late-game situations yeah. tells you something. Yes, yes. Some uh, halfway sort of before we break here. Yeah, we, uh, we, we got our uh, a coach firing in the NFL. What happened? And someone a little bit Cardinals-related. Yeah. Matt Rule, bye-bye. Matt Rule, gone. You know who the interim head, head coach is? Steve Wilkes. The Steve Wilkes revenge tour wow. begins now. Nah, it's too bad that the Cardinals already played him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. 
That is, and that frees up uh-huh. Ray Anderson to start talking oh, to Matt Rule. He sure does. Maybe, baby, baby. Maybe a, the ASU's on a bye. Maybe they have a new head coach by the time uh, the Stanford game rolls around. He it signed is, a seven-year deal, and is, he lasted two years. It is really difficult, as we're learning, for college coaches to come into the NFL and, and be worth a damn yeah, but if you're not a college... that we have any experience oh. with that here, no, I'm just saying, Matt Rule, go back to college. Yeah, he rebuilt Temple, he rebuilt Baylor, now rebuild the Devils. Look at UCLA right now. You could go back to college and refine success. Who yeah. says you can't? Yeah, that's go. another coach who sucked in the pros. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> was really good in college. Right, who's and it's taken him a long time to get relevant again. But after beating Utah, Chip Kelly is. Yeah. So and then then it gets down to the kicker issue, and I know we got a break here, but it, if was that really the best guy you could have signed? Did you really did you pinch pennies to bring in Matt Amendola? I'm real curious to see if, if Prater's not ready to go. What they do this week? You bringing him back? How could you? The kick never had a chance. He's not an NFL kicker this season. Yeah. yeah. He's going to need a reboot. Yeah. He's going to need a rush hour reboot. He's, what he's gonna do. We- <laughs> Rebooted! He needs a different boot on his foot, I think. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Uh, we are giving you the chance to win tickets to see undefeated international superstar Jake Paul as he takes uh, on legendary UFC champion Anderson Silva at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday, October 29th. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. Coming up next, I'm still shaking my head at Bickley's stat from the blast. 10-24-1 in the last 35 games at State Farm Stadium. Home. What's the opposite of home sweet home? We'll get into that and more next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Love you, bro. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Yeah, we're not pleased at all. We're not happy. The mood is low. Um, and particularly because we haven't won at home in a while. And we're all frustrated. Um, we're here to get that solved and rectified and find a way to win a football game here in State Farm Stadium. But um, we just didn't make enough plays, obviously. It's not about one play at the end with the kicker. It is what it is with that. Well, we had plenty of opportunities to score touchdowns uh, in the red zone. We just didn't get it done. And our defense is playing really, really good football right now, holding that team to 20 points or whatever it was. Um, we're playing good, good enough football for this team to win a lot of football games. So we, got, as an offense, got to figure it out. We got to play better. We got to start fast, um, and we'll be all right. It's like a broken record at this point. Not mm-hmm. not uh, shooting arrows at Zach Ertz, who that was after the yeah. game. The last game the Arizona Cardinals won at State Farm Stadium was the first game Zach Ertz played in a Cardinal uniform. October 24th, 2021, yeah. a 31-5 win over the Texans. He had three catches, 66 yards for a touchdown. Since then, they've lost to Green Bay, Carolina, the Rams, Indianapolis, Seattle, Kansas City, the Rams again, and now the Philadelphia Eagles. The longest home losing streak in this franchise's history yeah. since 1958. Yeah, when they brutal. were in Chicago. Yeah, that's that's a, when you're going back over five year, five decades. That's brutal. And when you consider how 
uh, let's call it like it is, the Cardinals, when they moved to town, early 90s, this was a pretty inept franchise, all things considered. They were playing in a college stadium mm-hmm. that nobody wanted to go to in a new city. They were the underdogs basically every week in their own home stadium, yep. and they never lost eight in a they, row at home. They would never, they would never come close to selling out at home. So nobody ever got to watch them on television when they were at home. They'd go on the road, they get their doors blown off. So people here locally would see them eight times a year, and they'd lose by thirty every single time. Yeah, enough would be a word to describe those Cardinals. But yet you hear it from Zach Ertz, and you hear it from Cliff Kingsbury, you hear it from players, and and it's the same. We got to figure out a way to win at home. Yeah. we we have to figure well, it it's, out. Uh, and again, it's yeah, people are tired of hearing the same thing, and th- and that's why it, yesterday there were times when yesterday felt like progress. What wasn't progress was the start of the game. We now have gone five consecutive games to start a season with zero points in the first quarter. Seven, if you go back to last year. If we're going, if we're going back to last year on the home right? losing streak, yeah, is that right? Okay. Well, they didn't uh, they didn't score against uh, the Rams in the first quarter in the playoff game. Okay. And the last regular season the game against the Seattle. Okay. Seattle. That's wow. unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That really is. And it, just this year, that's seventy-five minutes of football. Yeah, when you've got a when you've got a head coach you've extended through you know the end of all times, and you've got a quarterback who you're given two hundred and thirty million dollars. It doesn't add up. You're not. This is not what you should be expecting. Just by accident, you think you'd break a big play on yeah, one of these things right. and get a field goal. It, it's just, it's amazing how how lifeless they can be in the first quarters of these games and how vulnerable they can be or are. And then, and then the ending yesterday was just, it was just so butchered on so many different levels that that you really you have to work to distill the good out of it. So I guess if you if if you want to be an optimist, here's what you say to yourself. I think they're seven and two in their last nine games in Seattle. They're a very good team on the road. It's really all Cliff Kingsbury has to offer. Is this football team plays really well on the road? If they go and they beat Seattle, they're going to give themselves a three and three record for a Thursday night game against New Orleans. Now, keep in mind that New Orleans game, the Saints. The Saints look like they were something yesterday. Yeah, I don't know if you ever know what you're going to get from that team, especially with no. Taysom Hill playing quarterback. Who would have ever thought that Taysom Hill versus Geno Smith would equal fireworks in the NFL in 2022? <laughs> it did yesterday. 39-30. Right. you got to throw Andy Dalton into the mix, too, Andy don't Dalton, you? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so the, nothing is lost just yet, but it, the, these issues... It's like, when are you going to figure this stuff out? And and again, if if all of this changes only when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, that's an indictment, as you said earlier. Yeah. So then when DeAndre Hopkins inevitably gets injured, everything just falls to pieces again? It's, uh, yeah, better I mean, keep it. And we're healthy. okay with that? Uh, we also don't know that it's going. Like, we, we don't, don't know how it's going to work out with no. DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. If they're going to be able to figure out how to work them both in the offense, I'll say this: Hollywood Brown has been, I think, everything advertised. Yes, except for the big drop yesterday that should have been easily the most explosive play that the Cardinals have had. Well, because the Cardinals never hit wide receivers in stride. If you notice, no. it almost seems like every time they throw a pass to a receiver, he's sitting down. He's standing, Always. He's standing still when he catches the yeah. ball. Yeah, and usually with his back to the defense. There's yeah. no yaks. Yeah. And it, it really doesn't hit home. You might get accustomed to watching the way this offense operates right now until you watch other NFL games. Mm-hmm. And then you see... 
Which, look, I think there's a lot of bad offenses going on right now in the NFL. But when you watch other games and you see the way they utilize their wide receivers, it's it's eye opening. Look at the way look at the way competent uh, offensive coaching has helped the New York Giants. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, they're a team that was just garbage for the last couple of years. Uh, opening drives of games, it's like, wow, look at them. It's 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 not. It shouldn't be that. Difficult. And that's a team in uh, with Kenny Galladay there, the guy that they spent all that money on at the wide receiver position can't get on the field now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's again. There's some good stuff. There's some real, real bothersome stuff. And then this home losing streak is what you just you just can't reconcile it. Kinda, it just doesn't make any sense. I know. It, I, visually, it was it was pretty alarming to see that much green mm-hmm. in the stadium yesterday. And I'm kicking myself for not going out into the bowl during the game to really, you know, because up in the press box, it's closed off. You can't, I can't really gauge the sound of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I would have done that just to kind of paint the picture. I, it was probably even for Cardinal fans that are there every week mm-hmm. protecting the nest, quote yeah, unquote. Right. Uh, it had to be daunting for them. Uh, yes, I, I, w- I would think so, but I think it actually helped them. I, I mean, it, it's. I think that that going into that kind of atmosphere gives them more fuel than just the lifelessness of it all. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> I, I I don't. It just it's it's a bad scene, and and I was hoping that after they tied that game up at seventeen all, that that was going to be the game. That was going to be the game that they just say no more. We're going to win this thing in the in, in in the face of all these Eagles fans in the sea of green, and came close, but yeah, th- this is not a close but no cigar no, league. No. Yeah. Like not. I said, you don't have to apologize for beating a bad Carolina team last week. You got to find a way to beat good teams <laughs> yeah. too. And they had every opportunity to do it. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We'll continue Big Red Monday coming up. We'll talk to Darren Urban from azcardinals.com next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak Chin Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Cardinals lose to the Eagles yesterday at State Farm Stadium. There was uh, lots of good in the game. There was a lots of head scratching stuff and a lot of the same themes that we've talked about for five weeks remain. Here to talk about all of it with us from azcardinals.com. Darren Urban, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Darren, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing well. Um, yeah, like I said, there was a lot of good, but everybody's going to focus on, on on the end of game situation. Um, it, I, I get the confusion that the Cardinals went through. I certainly viewed it as a first down from where I was sitting, but uh, just your overall thoughts on, on how that end game situation was handled by everybody. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest in the moment. Uh, I didn't know exactly what was going on. Uh, obviously, I'm not the coach. So, you know, there's obviously a level that he's got to understand better than somebody like me watching it. But I I thought he had the first down. I wasn't sure exactly what was happening in the moment. I understand, looking back on it, the, the idea of maybe getting a first down, maybe getting a few more yards. I also fall in the bucket, I'll be honest, uh, Vince, and I was talking to a couple of uh, people while we were waiting for Cliff to come into the press conference last night. I'm I'm of the opinion you're kicking the field goal anyways. Uh, we might be talking about five, ten more yards closer. I guess that's possible. 
but I am not. I agree with Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not taking shots at the end zone. I'm only imagining what the conversation would be like if they get the first down, they try a shot for the end zone, and somehow Kyler gets uh, intercepted or he gets sacked, time runs out, they don't even get a field goal attempt. I don't even want to know what the conversation's like. So for me, <laughs> you're in field goal range, um, and that's that was enough for me. I, could they have done it differently? Absolutely. But I, I was always looking that they were going to go for that tying field goal, and unfortunately it just wasn't good. And, and you know what? It, it, when you step back and look at it and frame it that way, it's perfect, perfectly reasonable to expect your field goal kicker to make a 43-yarder indoors yes. in perfect conditions. And yet the guy they signed is only 2 of 8 from beyond 40 yards. Did they sign the right kicker? <laughs> Well, again, in hindsight, you're going to say maybe not. Um, you know, I made the point last night on Twitter. I, you know, I, I saw a lot of people saying, well, why didn't they sign Blankenship? Why didn't they sign Blankenship? Well, Blankenship missed a 42-yarder in the first week of the season, which is why the Colts cut him. <laughs> so anybody you're getting right now is going to have gone through that. Um, I don't know what the tryout situation was like, Who, if Amendola just kicked way better than all those guys. And, and Amendola also was the guy that the Chiefs obviously thought he was good enough that they signed at some point. And, and obviously it didn't work out for him in the one game, ironically, against the Colts. But, um, I, you know, again, this is always going to be a hindsight thing. They felt like he was the guy who was going to make it. The, 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 the pregame kicks in that video obviously didn't look all that great. Right. But I, I, I don't see how somebody's looking at this and saying, well, the Cardinals were going to sign a mediocre kicker knowing that they might need his kicks and, you know, they were just going to wing it. And if they lose, they lose. I, I don't think the Cardinals are looking at it that way. Yeah, Darren Urban from azcardinals.com, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. <clears throat> um, obviously, you know, I, I mentioned some of the similar themes that are still alive five weeks into the season, not being able to win at home. They're 0 3 at home now. But this slow start offensively, Darren, has, has reached, I think, crisis level for the Arizona Cardinals. But one thing that has remained the same throughout all the struggles, at least through my viewpoint, is a very, very conservative early game approach. I'm not saying throw the ball 70 yards down the field on first down all the time, but it just seems like the Cardinals are very, very polite offensively early in games. Does that need to change? Perhaps. Um, I, you know, again, I'm like, I, I get the questions every week from fans or in the mailbag or whatever about, like, why are they starting so I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> if I did, I would be getting paid a lot more money and working on the other side of the building. But I, 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 I don't know what the answer would be. Maybe taking some of those shots. I mean, we saw them after that initial drive. They tried the shot, and it ended pretty poorly with that interception. So you also don't want to, to, to force things. It's, it's really weird. I was looking at some stats this morning. I mean, Tyler's passing numbers are way, way down um, for whatever reason, including uh, completion percentage. And, and I'm not sure exactly why that is right now, what, what's not clicking. And the funny thing is, and, and you guys were at the game, you guys were watching it, I'm like, I felt like when we were watching uh, most of the game from the Eagles, when they weren't running, they were running that same horizontal passing game that we watched from the Cardinals, except a lot of times it was working. So I'm not exactly sure what, what's clicking. I would agree with you guys. You, you don't want it to all come down to if DeAndre Hopkins is out there or not. That shouldn't be the case. Um, but for whatever reason, it's not. And, and I agree with you. I mean, to me, the story of that game yesterday, other than maybe you made some strides and you played 
uh, a good game against a good team is how do you how are you not starting faster? How are you in a fourteen nothing hole and trying to climb out of it? Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. All right, uh, you know Kyler Murray about as well as anybody. It was kind of jarring to still see him in his in his uniform an hour after the game. Almost as jarring as that lime green suit he wore <laughs> to the game. It, do, do you think that there's a, a, a crossroads we're approaching here with him in rushing attempts? Because there does seem to be quite a correlation between this offense looking dangerous and him making those kind of real jarring plays with his feet? Um, well, I'm going to take two things there because you brought up the, the after game. Right. He's been way better in terms of coming into the interview room quicker this year. But up until this year, that's pretty much been Kyler. He sits at his locker looking at his phone after games decompressing for whatever it is. And I've been through many games where it has taken him nearly as long to come out to talk to the media. So I I wasn't completely shocked other than it's different for this year. Um, In terms of the running, that's, that's been the question since he showed up, right? Like he, he, they are effective when he's doing it. Um, He's when he does do it. I mean, I, I do think there's has to be this understanding that I don't think he's all of a sudden going to change. This idea that, and I saw this on ESPN this morning, this idea that he's all of a sudden going to be Josh Allen and run head first into tacklers, I don't care what time of game it is, that's not going to happen. And I, to me, if you want him to run, you're going to have to, that's the part that everybody else is going to have to compromise on, is that's the part that you're not going to get. Um, is you're not going to get him barreling in head first to get the extra yard or two. He's not going to do that. But I do think there's got to be that element. And as we've seen the last couple of weeks, when it's there, it changes the whole dynamic. And how to get there earlier or all that stuff, uh, that's a great question because it's really, it is kind of strange that it doesn't come sooner. Darren Urban, our guest from uh, azcardinals.com. I want to go back to the kicker position. And I'm real curious. Maybe you have some insight. Maybe you don't. But I'd love to hear your thoughts anyway, Darren. Uh, with what transpired yesterday, uh, Amendola missing the kick, the support he got, a very visceral support he got from Justin Pugh. If Matt Prater's not available to come back this week, do you think tomorrow the Cardinals are bringing back other kickers for another tryout? Or do you think they're going to hand the, the reins to Matt Amendola again? I mean, I don't have any inside information. My thought off the top of my head, given that everything that just happened, was you're going to at least give some heavy thought to seeing if there's somebody out there. Um, I mean, you've mentioned the numbers. Uh, and, you know, uh, with all due respect to Matt Amendola, that is now two games in a row, two different teams, but two games in a row where he had a chance to send a game into overtime with a field goal late and he didn't make it. And it was a kick that you thought he was going to. Mm-hmm. So um, I, they've got to give some serious thought to that because you don't want to be back in that situation. And, you know, early on, Dan said in this conversation about how indoors, perfect weather. I mean, you're going to Seattle. You don't know what the weather is going mm-hmm. to ultimately be like, and it's going to be outdoors. You don't want to be put in a rough situation there. No. All right, let's end on a positive note. The defense has been a revelation. Um, What what do you think of their performance, and what does it mean for what's to come for the Cardinals? Well, I mean, they're outperforming what I thought they were going to do. I think, A, it just reminds me, and I've thought this for a long time, it reminds me that I think Vance Joseph is a very good defensive coordinator, number one. 
Uh, number two, I think Zach Allen is absolutely busted out. And I know you mentioned Byron Murphy. Interesting that those two guys are two guys that are looking for contract extensions at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both playing really well. And the, the third thing I thought of was, you know, for all the talk about how, how do they not go get cornerbacks, how do they not go get cornerbacks, I think the secondary has held up fairly well, all things yes. considered. It, it didn't look good early, yeah, but true. nothing on this team looked good early. And you might be able to point to other stuff like the preseason games and all that rather than maybe it was a personnel thing. So I think defensively they're – where they're in a, as good a place as they could have been at this point. And, you know, you're going to get Antonio Hamilton working a little bit better. And, and I just think it's it's been an important part of this because obviously the offense needs to, to step up. Yep. Darren, always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for making some time thanks, for us Steve. today. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Darren Urban, azcardinals.com, does a great job covering the Cardinals, has for years. The whole team over there does a great job. Check out their stuff at azcardinals.com. Coming up next... Big picture for the Cardinals at two and three is they blew a couple of opportunities yesterday. One to beat a good team and one to make a statement in what has turned out to be a pretty mediocre division. We'll get into all of that next. Typically a Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. I like our odds. I like our chances. Uh, we went out there and we competed, um, and that's one thing that we never um, failed to do. Um, and so I'm proud of this team. We just got to make it click, and um, I think once we get some pieces back, we'll be rolling for sure. That's Eno Benjamin speaking with Paul Calvisi on the Cardinals Radio Network after yesterday's loss to the uh, Eagles, 20-17. to A game that was there for the taking. Cardinals couldn't take it. They fall to 2-3. and three. Eagles stay at uh, undefeated 5-0. and oh. The question there was, how do you think this team stacks up to the rest of the NFC? Um the NFC, honestly speaking, back to this point, and I'm not even just focusing on the West, overall as a conference, has been yeah. underwhelming through five weeks. Even the top teams, yeah. look, you don't begrudge anything. Philadelphia, they found a way to win five games. Um, were they vulnerable yesterday? I think so. They found a way to win. They go home undefeated. Yeah, Dallas I- and the Giants are both 4-1. and one. I think both of those teams are severely challenged. Green Bay can't get out of its own way. Um, Tampa yeah. Bay looks very human at this point. Yeah, and even in the West, where the, where the Cardinals live, I think yesterday's loss hurts because you missed a chance to separate yourselves from the Rams and the Seahawks, and maybe the first of a two step separation from the Seahawks yeah. with that game in Seattle well, coming up. Well, yeah, listen, when I look at the NFC West, I, I what I see is the fact that the Rams are are broken. They've got a really bad offensive line, and they are clearly. Uh, you know, sated from winning a Super Bowl of the year before. They're just not the same team. And, and, and the Cowboys just rolled through them yesterday. So, yeah, I, I think the 49ers are about where I thought they were going to be now. I think the Seahawks are better than I expected them to be. The Rams are worse and the Cardinals are worse. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Cardinals are uh, Cardinals and the Rams are the two teams, in my opinion, that are, are not doing their part in this division. Now, in the NFC in general, I think the 49ers are the best team in football. Or not in football, in the NFC right now, I think the Cowboys are second best. Cowboys get the Eagles next week. Yes. That Cowboys defense is no joke, man. 
Stop rubbing your eyes, Jared. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, Jared. That was a, just, uh, was a quick one. some bratwurst, Garrett. That was a quick one. Plus, they have that big money quarterback, Cooper Rush. Cooper oh, Rush, yeah. undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> He Next still is undefeated. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it, so you, neither of you were impressed by the Eagles yesterday. No, I, 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 I was good. impressed by them, but not overly impressed by them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people wanted to paint them as this big, scary, out-of-control winning machine that couldn't be touched. And quite honestly, the Cardinals... Got off to a slow start and still very easily could have won that game. Well, it, the Eagles looked that way in the first couple of drives, yeah. and I don't know whether they throttled down or Vance Joseph just made adjustments. It just yeah. they they kept stopping the Eagles, and I think that here's the other thing about the Eagles: they had a lot of they had three really good drives that completely got thrown off the rails due to holding penalties. Mm-hmm. Three of them. And and one of them might have prevented a touchdown. So, you know what, if you're an Eagles fan, you're looking at, at this as a, a bunch of missed opportunities. And and if, if you're an Eagles fan, you're also looking at that final possession when they just ran it down the Cardinals' throats and, and did what they had to do, ate up almost all the time, kicked the field goal, got the victory. So it's kind of a, kind of a mixed bag. I thought that uh, one of the things I loved about the Eagles is when they got down near the goal line on those fourth downs, there was no hesitation. Nope. There was no timeouts to discuss what we're doing. There was no almost getting a delay of game. They got up and they ran it down the Cardinals' throats. Well, I mean, that's where Cliff Kingsbury gets a lot of criticism in short-yarded situations and trying to get too cute sometimes. When the Eagles have one yard to go, you're right. I mean, there is no decision to be made. Nick Sirianni and that coaching staff is like, we have a battering ram at quarterback who's willing to take punishment. And you saw it. It's, Facing a fourth down and one inside the five-yard line, they give it to Hurts. He gets the first down the very next play on first and goal. He, he, he does it again, another one-yard run. It, it's frustrating that the quarterback sneak is off the table for the Cardinals. It is. I mean, they, obviously they have quarterback draws, they have Kyler run, but the actual get on their center, hike the ball quickly, and, and, and just push forward. Just off the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 off the table is right. So, you know, and I thought, you know, defensively for the Cardinals too, um the job that they did on AJ Brown, who had three catches for 32 yards on that first touchdown drive, and yeah. I was thinking at that point, Bick, uh-oh, he's going to mm-hmm. go off. He's going to mm-hmm. have one of those huge games. Didn't yeah, no. Uh, yeah, the secondary is holding up. And and, the defense is holding up. Much to my surprise, they're holding up defensively. And even Smith, he had 10 catches on 11 targets, mm-hmm. but they limited the yards, 87 yards. You'll take that. I thought the, the the player that really hurt them in the passing game was Dallas Goddard, the tight end. Yeah. Yeah, I they had, had a hard nice time game. corralling him. Yeah, so there were times when it looked really easy for Philly, and times when it didn't. And I, I, I just think that's maybe a tribute to the fighting spirit of this defense. I think Vance Joseph was smart in dialing up some some jailbreak blitzes late in the game. Uh, yeah, I think that I think it's just it's more of a tribute that Vance Joseph is one of the early stars of this young season so far. And we'll see where it's all going. This this Seahawks game is going to look a little different than I thought it was going to before the season. I thought I thought the two games against Seattle were going to be layups this year. I was not prepared to see Geno Smith with a quarterback rating that ranks among elite quarterbacks in the NFL. But that's where he is. No, even in a loss yesterday, three more touchdown passes, no picks. Yeah. No, and it's it it is and and the Seahawks have they've got a couple of very dangerous wide receivers mm-hmm. and they play physical and so you, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get weather-wise and and so 
Here we go. Well, up. the the two uh, questions that are still not answered, winning at home, slow starts. We're going to talk about those going into week six. Did, did the Cardinals effectively kill a narrative yesterday? Because last week on this show, I said, I'm so tired of talking about playing time for Isaiah Simmons. Yesterday, 13 tackles and played 92% of the snaps. Are we finally past I, I don't know. that talking I point? I have no idea. <laughs> Do you no hope idea. so? Yeah, of course I hope so. Because <laughs> I actually thought he played pretty well and flashed yesterday. Yeah, he was he was noticeable yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I thought he was good yesterday, and the and the participation numbers would back that up. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm done assuming with him. That's probably a safe a safe strategy. Arizona goes prime time next week as the Phoenix Suns tip off the NBA season against the Dallas Mavericks, and the Arizona Cardinals take on the New Orleans Saints for Thursday night football. We're giving you the chance to experience both in person. Just text prime time to six twenty six twenty. Listen for your name starting next Monday for your chance to win two tickets to both games plus one lucky winner each day will win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Once again, to get entered, text prime. Prime time to 620-620. Coming up next, we hit the 9 o'clock hour on social media with some social studies. Sarah Cazell will take us through it next on this Big Red Monday. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here at 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.